A Matter of Spirit is the quarterly justice journal of the Inner Community Peace and Justice Center. This article appeared in the spring 2021 issue on education equity. Teaching in the Era of COVID-19 by Marcos Gonzalez. Marcos Gonzalez serves as the Director of Trauma-Informed Education at Chicago Jesuit Academy. His pursuit of a faith that does justice has taken him from the islands of Micronesia as a Jesuit volunteer to the streets of Los Angeles working at Homeboy Industries as a case manager. He received his BA in Theology and Master's in Education from Loyola Marymount University and completed his Master's in Social Work at Loyola University, Chicago. As we prepared to start the new school year this past August, I walked through the school halls with the feeling that I was stepping into a moment frozen in time. Signs of our school's Pi Day celebration hung on bulletin boards. Posters announcing the field day and the competitions that wouldn't come to fruition. We left the school in March, not knowing for how long. Many students and teachers have yet to go back. As we move past the one-year mark of education during the COVID-19 pandemic, I find myself reflecting on the impact this year has had on transforming the future of education. I still hear our younger students asking, when will things go back to normal? If there is anything that these pandemics have shown us, it is that things were never normal for many students in the United States. In our school community, we are careful to name the two pandemics that our country is facing, that of COVID-19 and the pandemic of systemic racism that has long plagued BIPOC communities. The inequities became quickly apparent and remain now a year into the global health crisis. From the ways in which the digital divide highlighted the gap in access to high-speed internet to the safety net that schools provide in feeding young children throughout the week, the need to socially distance has revealed the social injustice that so many families had faced far before the global pandemic began. Dr. Nadine Burke Harris described the experience of trauma well in her TED Talk given in 2014. Our natural fight or flight response is helpful and necessary when we are walking through the woods and we encounter a bear. The body's response will save our lives in these dangerous situations. She then invites the audience to think about what happens if that bear comes home every single night. The collective trauma that we have all been facing during the pandemic has made experiences like going to the grocery store or walking in public feel as though we might run into a bear. The constant uncertainty that we have all faced has significant impacts on our physical and mental health. Dr. Burke Harris shares that children are more at risk to these high-stress scenarios due to their brains and bodies still being in development. Over the course of this past year, 
young children have been subjected to far more than just the global pandemic. The racial reckoning following the murders of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd, among far too many other of our black sisters and brothers, highlights the trauma that police violence has inflicted on BIPOC communities since the arrival of colonizers to this land and the founding of our nation. The climate crisis rages as it creates extreme weather conditions like the wildfires that ravaged the West Coast, the energy and water crisis that befell communities across the southern United States, all displacing families and leading to further interruption in school learning. The uncertainty that led up to and followed the November election and the painful racist insurrection on the Capitol contributed to the fear of the bear coming home, as Dr. Burke Harris describes. All of these experiences of ongoing collective trauma have had a major impact on us all. Because of that, we have a responsibility to be attentive to the way in which we are caring for and responding to children now and in the immediate future. This will help guard against the lasting impact that these traumatic events may have on their lives. As teachers, we commit ourselves to our students, inspired by their brilliance and creative imaginations. We have had to tap into the creative well so frequently over the last 12 months, I still recall the initial announcement from our principal, asking us to have at least 10 days of lessons prepared for the possibility that we would be moving to remote instruction. As we moved through the beginning weeks, then months of the pandemic, we continued to lose out on more and more of the dynamic that drew us to the vocation of being educators. The most difficult has been the sense of losing connection with our students, many of whom struggle due to the lack of quality internet or the need to care for their siblings and support them in their learning. Students are losing out on the traditional transition moments like graduation and opportunities to engage in clubs and sports. Author Adrienne Marie Brown shared the comparison of the concept of sleep debt to what these pandemics has given us, what she terms grief debt. She states that we are all dealing with direct or circumstantial loss and are not often given the time to attend to all this loss. As educators, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and needing to be the beacons of hope and light for our students. We are asked to be engaging, animated, technologically savvy, and provide grace to all those around us while at the same time juggling our personal lives and care for ourselves and loved ones. It is in these times that schools with already limited resources are stretched even more, asking teachers to do even more. And as we enter this new phase of COVID-19, with vaccines being rolled out and the conversations of returning back to the classroom, we are hit with trying to balance institutional expectations while simultaneously navigating the desire for physical and psychological safety. I am grateful to be in a state that has placed educators in the early phases to be vaccinated. The constant need to pivot 
which will likely carry into the end of this academic year, will continue to demand much of teachers, students, and the families who are equally navigating the challenges of these times. I am grateful for the opportunity to accompany my school community in reflecting on how to create a more trauma-informed learning environment for our faculty, staff, and students. The shifting focus towards creating more trauma-informed and anti-racist schools feels like a silver lining during these times. It is my hope that we never return to the way things were. If we do, that will be a failure of our prophetic imagination to respond to the call for greater equity and justice that our education system has needed for so long. One of the most important practices of trauma-informed education is establishing and maintaining positive relationships. In this time of social distancing, it is important more than ever that our students are able to remain connected and know they are loved, and that there will be a place for them to return to that can provide for the psychological safety that is critical for learning. This requires us as educators and adults to critically reflect on how we approach our teaching, ensuring that all components of our curricula are rooted in decolonized and anti-racist practices. This requires us as educators and adults to critically reflect on how we approach our teaching, ensuring that all components of our curricula are rooted in decolonized and anti-racist practices. The other critical element is ensuring that we as adults remain regulated. The most important support in helping young people regulate is having a regulated adult. Knowing that we as educators and adults are facing this collective trauma, it is our duty to be attentive to how we are caring for ourselves. Incorporating practices of mindfulness, physical and spiritual exercise become far more necessary. These practices take time, like building up muscle. As we have had our hearts and compassion stretched over these last months, I take hope in knowing the moments of having my heart broken open wide have made room for more to fit. I trust God will continue to fill in those spaces. When I take the moment to pause, to slow down, to rest in the resilience of students who continue to log on to Zoom each day, despite all adversity.